0: Today on the breakdown, in the 2012 World Series of Poker main event, final table, Steve G played and had a lot of regret about this hand. We are about to break down. We're only 30 hands in, and man, this one is a little bit painful. It's going to be Steve G against Russell Thomas right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy.
1: no luminaries no man oh man you said man i feel like you I probably know. held off you've you said man you're like wait i can't continue with the oh man no comment <laughs> for sure sick read by me all right yeah this is uh we've been doing a lot more recent hands uh over the past couple months but this is an oldie but a goodie this is a goodie i'm surprised it's taken us this long to do
0: this hand actually but here we are.
1: It's podcast only, so, you know, tell your friends.
0: <laughs> That's right. It, it might have been video, but ESPN doesn't let us or anyone use World Series of Poker coverage anymore.
1: All of their copyrights. It's
0: because of Poker Central, proprietary really. Proprietary stuff. The mouse can, can get out. The mouse can get out? Disney owns ESPN. Oh, right. Come on. Follow the thread, bro. I can't. Anyway. Second s- podcast of the day. Yeah. So let's... Get wacky! It's gonna what's be a fun favorite, time. What's
1: your favorite kind of soup? Let's just start with that.
0: <laughs> I like a good bean soup. A what kind of beans? <laughs> black beans. Oh, okay. Nice black bean soup.
1: You know, there's this restaurant that I go to here in Portland. They used to have a soup, a, a soup, a soup that was called Champagne Fennel Soup. I don't mm. even really know what that was.
0: I'm gonna guess was, there was fennel, fennel and in champagne it. in it.
1: I don't know if there was actually champagne. Anyway, it was really good.
0: Maybe champagne mushrooms.
1: I want, I want some of that.
0: Cool. This is great content.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to suggest we move on. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, that's what Aaron Bogage, or as I like to call him Bogey, would like. And yeah. that's who suggested this hand on Twitter, probably about two years ago. I don't know. It's been a while. Maybe
0: more. Yeah, <laughs> this, ha- this <laughs> hand has been just waiting in the hopper for a while. It's like way down the list, but we found it. Yeah, we found you,
1: and we found Bogey. I hope you still are a listener, Bogey. Me too, Bogey. Yeah. And I hope you like being called Bogey because that's never stopping. Now,
0: of course, he uh, he suggested this on Twitter. We are at Two Poker Guys. That's the number two poker guys. You can suggest a hand for the breakdown by tweeting it at us, including a YouTube link and a timestamp. Yep. So as
1: Jonathan alluded to in the opening, we are early in the November 9 here, back when it was the November 9. That's right. The final table has just begun. We're 30 hands in. We're at 200K, 400K with nine players remaining. An interesting dynamic about the November 9, I always thought, was which is no longer the case, obviously, was that at the end of day seven or whatever the last day of regular play was before the November 9, all of the November 9 would get paid out ninth place money. Mm -hmm. Right? Which makes sense. Yeah. But then that must change the emotional approach. Not necessarily what you should be doing gameplay-wise, but the emotional feeling of three months later going and playing, and it's as if you didn't make any money if you get ninth.
0: Right, yeah, because you're going to put a lot of time and effort and energy into preparing for this and you're already counting that money yeah Yeah. and you like fly yourself out there you probably fly out a bunch of fans especially back then all these things and then you make nothing and it's it's extra painful however what this does really is it's more honest in some ways right so it's great i love that they did this because this is really the way it works in tournaments right like if you locked up that money it's already you're not playing for that anymore it's it's super clear by paying out
1: you know? well yeah I mean, it's and, clear
0: anyway to these guys in fairness
1: right i don't think that's why they paid out. i think because no play, the course. players would hold a riot if they didn't pay out at that point like there's just three months you're waiting for your money
0: i don't know if they would hold a riot or not i mean i don't think it would matter i mean it's you these, can get a loan pretty easily if everyone knows you got nine hundred thousand dollars coming to you that's in this true case, i think it was seven hundred fifty four thousand dollars for ninth so yeah still, it's like no problem people will give you money
1: yeah i mean i think you're right
0: but there's no reason for them not to. Actually, I'm sure the world series of poker is happy to pay it out though. They don't want to hold all this extra money if they don't have to. It's like $7 million. Like, please pay it out. We don't want to have to be the the stewards of it. They got to be stewards of a lot of money anyway for the rest of it. So, right. Anyway,
1: anyway, so that's, that's the dynamic. We're in right here at 200 K 400 K Steve G who had two great deep runs in, in the world series main event in two subsequent years. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, this, he finished well, I won't say what he finished in this one, But I did mention that he has a lot of regret about this hand in the teaser. We did mention Um, that. I think he finished 23rd in the 2013 main event. So final table and then 23rd. That is unbelievable.
1: Not as good as Michael Ruan,
0: though. Not as good as Michael Ruan. Not as good as Mark Newhouse. Right. But still, unbelievable.
1: Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, In these gigantic fields. All right. So the action is going to start with him. He has 17 million chips under the gun. So he's got a healthy sack, over 40 blinds. Yep. It's pretty nice. Uh, He opens to 900K with two eights. Eight of clubs, eight of diamonds. Okay. That's okay. Yep. No problem. I mean, it's probably near the bottom of the under the gun opening range.
0: You could actually not play it under the gun. I think there are some players who fold eights under the gun. But in tournaments, especially in high stakes spots where there's a lot of pressure and people especially don't want to be the first out or anything like that, I think opening under the gun with two eights is totally like a thing to do. Yeah. It's a thing to do. Yeah. I would do this.
1: I would do this also. Yeah. So good. would you open two
0: sevens? It's like pretty borderline. Uh, I think I think sevens is super close. I think I might open two sevens, and that would be it. I might just fall two sixes. It would depend on the table, though, very much. So like Greg Merson is on uh, his direct left. Yeah, if we're in later position, I would probably not get as out of line, but I might get a little more out of line in early position because of that. And by out of line, I mean opening two sevens or eight, yeah. opening two eights. So slightly slightly increasing my value. But that
1: means there. you're opening two sevens or two eights anywhere because that's not out of line when you're in later position. Of
0: course not, but I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm saying though, I'll probably, like my button raising range, if I got immersion in the small blind, I'm probably going to open a little less than I might open if I had someone else in the small yeah. blind. Yeah. So that means I'm going to compensate by opening a few other hands in my for my stronger ranges by okay. just widening that range a little bit. That's all.
1: All right. Cool. Well, guess what Greg Merson calls.
0: Oh, oh no. Oh no. I hope we flopped two eights. He's plus 1. Give me quads.
1: His uh I wrote when I wrote Greg Merson but it got autocorrected to Greg Person, so that's his name from now on. Excellent. It's Greg Person. If his middle name was
0: garbage it would be perfect.
1: Yeah, because he I don't even know what he has cuz he is a garbage human in this hand. Or
0: in this case, a garbage person. Yes. Which is, you know, less pejorative than human.
1: Because person doesn't necessarily mean human. What
0: is a person? It can be anything. Is a frog a person? If it has a personality. If it has a name, I think it's a person. Just a name.
1: Does anything with a personality qualify as a person?
0: I don't think so. A personality means it's got like some traits.
1: But listen to the word personality.
0: (laughs) No, I. I, There's a personality. (laughs) Yeah, like a personality to it, not necessarily doesn't make you a person. You just have traits of a person right? Like I could say, so but, you're like, you're as slow as a turtle. That doesn't make you a turtle. When I
1: say mentality that assumes for sure that there is a mental element to whatever I'm talking about,
0: a mental element, but yeah. it doesn't mean it has to, Yeah, no, you're kind of right on that one. can't so, relate. Really, I can't relate. Really. So right, I was going to try a, and argue that one. I can't anything with a personality is a person undecided. <laughs> I'm going to disagree and say anything with a name is a person, anything, a,
1: anything with a name, <laughs> you can name a rock and it's a person.
0: It's funny. I was thinking of that exact example. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, don't, I have never named a rock, so I, I don't know what would happen there. You didn't get a pet
1: rock? You weren't around for that?
0: No, that was before my time, believe no, it or was not. It? I know that's shocking I didn't to you. know
1: anything was before your time. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, Greg Person, the garbage person, calls plus one. Don't know what he has. Don't care what his stack is. Uh, Russell Thomas is on the button. He's got 21 million, so over 50 bigs. He's doing quite well. He's got Queen of Diamonds, Queen of Clubs. Yeah. Now, this is a scary spot right with two queens i mean you not like you're gonna fold but scary like i don't know if i really want to three bet the under the gun razor type of scary
0: well especially with g having 40 blinds it's sort of like uh am i just gonna have to get it in right like if i three bet and he four bets i could just flat but then we're gonna get it in most of the time on the floor he's gonna move in a lot by the turn anyway right i mean it's just gonna be bad um I mean, I'm a huge fan of calling these spots unless we think this guy is very wide and, and cable calling three bets or four betting light and stuff like that when we decide to go with right. it. Otherwise, it's fine to go with it for 40 blinds if you think he's a little crazy, but if he's not crazy, he opens under the gun. And this is, uh, is going
1: to be some of the tightest that people ever play. Anybody right. who's watched multiple World Series of Poker Main Event Final Tables knows how tight they play in general.
0: Yeah. Also, I wonder who the blinds are because we don't have it. But if Jesse Sylvia is in the blinds, for example, he is notable as a squeezer. Oh, yeah. You might, we might set up some nice squeeze spots where we get to play at Queens in position like way better than anyone think we would have kind of a thing. Also, maybe there's a shorter stack behind us who could squeeze and we could get in with them. Yeah. there's all sorts of benefits to calling. Also, we, we do underwrap our hand, even though we're sort of making a case that maybe we shouldn't be three betting queens that often in this spot.
1: I think stack size makes it an, yeah. a good time to call with the the forty blind effective stack. Like, if G had you know twenty blinds, I th- I'd prefer a three bet. Of course, if G if we both were way deeper, then a three bet might be more. That's legit fine as well. too, yeah, right? But but this can... is kind of
0: an awkward spot. Like, because G made it two point whatever two point two five, we make it seven seven and a half. Maybe yeah. oh, with Merson in there, maybe it's eight. We can't really fold at this point. If G makes it 19, I mean, it's he's playing for stacks. Right. For sure. And then we have to fold. You have to fold, which sucks with the hand that's Seems good. Crazy. Or have to go with it, which sucks.
1: Right. The only so, way we get away from it is if Merson moves in then. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: So, by the way, Merson deciding to flat there plus one is also. Yeah, he could have aces there. He could absolutely. Like, that's, that's one of the best places to flat a super strong hand, for yeah. sure. Not to say that he's often going to have that. but Right. Anyway,
1: so... Right. If there's a time not to put in a three bet with Queens, this feels like a prime time. This is a pretty good one. Yeah. Well, that's what Russell Thomas does. He just calls. I like it. Yeah. And the blinds both fold. So the pot is now 3.75 million. We're going with Greg Person and two other people to the flop. Yeah. Steve G and Russell Thomas. The flop is seven of clubs, four of hearts, five of diamonds. No flush draw. It's a pretty good flop for G in that he somehow flops an overpair and also has a gut shot. It's kind of
0: a great flop, You're often ahead. You're usually ahead. Yeah. we have outs.
1: Yeah. I mean, even if you're not ahead, you have like six outs against pretty much everything. Yep. Which is nice. Yep. So in this three-way pot, do you want to bet as G? I think we have to bet. Yeah. We're hoping to get folds, honestly. Yeah.
0: But if we check... When all the overcards come, any overcard comes up against two hands. We're out of position against both of them. We just we have to be happy to take it down right here, I think, and just not mess around. Yeah, our hand is too vulnerable.
1: It's mostly protection though, because when we get called,
0: it's like not great. There are lots of hands we can be ahead of though when we get called, right? We can get like if if Russell Thomas calls us, which he's probably going to since he has two queens, and we know that person is indeed the garbage person of this hand. um, He can have one pair of hands for sure, such as. Such as eight, seven. Oh, it's hard for him to have eight, seven suited. Nine, seven suited. Um, I he mean, can, he can have six, five he suited. He can have those, he but can have he might just fold those. He can have six, seven suited, six, five suited. Sixes. He might just fold those. What are you talking about?
1: When under the gun opens and Merson calls.
0: Oh, I thought you meant on the flop. He no, might I just meant fold pre-flop. Those. He might. I don't know what he's going to do with those, but he might call with those two. He might call with six, seven of diamonds. He might. He for might For 2.1, 2.1 blinds Yeah, on the button. He might call. In fact, I think it's probably you supposed to call when you're effectively at least forty blinds deep. Yeah, I think it's fine to do that. If there's a time that people are going to fold those hands, it's this time. I though. agree. I agree with that. But it's nice to be on the button. If he wasn't on the button, there's a lot more reason to fold those hands, right? Middle position, you should probably just fold. A small blind, you probably should strongly consider folding. But the button's so sweet. Like the button and the big blind are such good candidates to call with those hands. I at feel like if, price. if
1: Thomas was the big blind, I'd feel more comfortable being able to get called by a worse hand if I were G
0: than him being the button. Oh, okay. I mean, I hear you. I hear you. But I, I think we, I still think we can get called. Of course, he can have two sixes, which can call us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can he have a suited ace, like a seven suited? I mean, he sh- probably shouldn't. I mean, if he can have, if he has a seven suited, he probably has five, six suited, right? Or, or neither. He I think he
1: should never have a seven suited, even in a not this situation. Like it, when under the gun opens at a full ring.
0: I mean, you have to be a lot deeper. Yeah. You have to be like 100 blinds deep. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, actually. Okay.
1: All right. So, I mean, I, I don't think a bet is bad, but I do think it's basically just for protection. Mm-hmm.
0: I mostly agree with you, although there clearly are some hands. Two sixes can obviously call us. Yes. yes and I'm going to believe that six five is in there and six seven can be in there and stuff like that, too.
1: Okay. Do you think five six or you think like four six is in there? Four six suited? I don't know.
0: That one's tougher. He probably falls four six suited.
1: By the way, those are all suited, right? So, of course. Of yeah, course.
0: That, that makes it. But five, six suited, six, seven suited. He might be able to have nine, uh, seven suited. What are our suits with eights? Maybe we can have um, maybe we can have eight, seven suited as well. Clubs and diamonds. And what's the seven? Clubs. So he can have eight, seven suited, both yeah. combos of that anyway. Um, so there's some stuff. There may not be a whole lot, but there's some stuff. Yeah. But again, protection is the, the reason why we're betting anyway. Right. And maybe if we get called, we can get called by worse. I mean,
1: if we actually did the combinatorial work, we would, I think, find that even if we give him all those suited connectors, it's really, really mostly protection.
0: Uh, No question. There's like 10 combos at best of those suited connectors. Probably less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, G bets. It's fine. It's a protection bet. Merson... He's supposed to bet here. That's one of the best flops he can see. He's definitely got a bet. Yeah. I think it's better than five.
1: Merson, uh, he bets 1.6 million, by the way, into 3.75. Merson jumps in the garbage where he belongs,
0: and he stays there, closes he the garbage. He goes garb- back to see his roommate, Oscar the Grouch, yep. in the garbage can of You guys life. didn't
1: know that, that Oscar the Grouch had a roommate, huh? I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really think about it, but how does he pay the bills? He just stays in there the whole time.
0: I mean, he's just like a hobo. Yeah. But he's not a hobo. He's got a place to live. He's, not, he's, he's, not pers- he's definitely not independently wealthy. Have you seen the way that guy dresses?
1: I mean, have you seen the way Bill Belichick dresses? That guy's got a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Bill Belichick doesn't walk around naked all the time on the NFL sidelines. He would if they let him. They don't let him, though. That's the point. Yeah, but Oscar Grouch has no ruling body telling him not to be (laughs) naked. Excuse me. The state is a ruling body. Is it not? They would not let him. They don't have jurisdiction
1: over the garbage can. You
0: cannot walk around naked in this country without getting arrested. I think there are some municipalities where you can. There probably are. Yeah. But not very many maybe sesame street's one of them oh <laughs> yeah where kids are everywhere of course of course you just be naked on sesame Street. that's totally reasonable i mean all of these like monsters
1: that live on sesame street are pretty much genital free <laughs> it's probably fine
0: <laughs> all right anyway. interesting point interesting point
1: um anyway so back to the hand
0: <laughs> podcast number two people yep.
1: steve g bets 1.6 million Morrison folds Thomas decides to call. I don't really see any other recourse for Thomas.
0: I mean, there's raising is completely crazy and folding is crazy too. Yeah. Right. I mean, is, if we raise, we're hoping to get called by jacks or tens and then we probably don't get much out of them later anyway. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. So yeah, we just got to call.
1: Thomas has two Queens, by the way, if you, in case you forgot.
0: It's nice by calling too. We keep everything alive. Like we're beating a lot of hands that that bet. Oh it's yeah, sweet. all of the overpairs. Yeah, that, besides aces and kings. We obviously. have the best hand most of the time. It's pretty good. And I
1: think twenty twelve was more of a time even than now. And Steve G, especially as a candidate to like bet ace king or ace queen or ace jack here, he might just bet into two players. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's not crazy to do that on this board anyway. When you're um when you open under the gun and everyone's it's the World Series main event final table right. where everyone's playing tight. Like, you've got your strongest range. You absolutely have aces, kings, queens, jacks, tens here a lot.
1: Oh, I, I agree. I'm just thinking, like, today there's more people checking in that spot with those hands than yes. there were then. No question. Yeah.
0: No question. All right. Especially be- against the button caller.
1: Before we get to the turn, let's talk about another place that has no nudity laws, and that is Nitrogen <laughs> Sports Poker Room. Run where free. You can wear whatever you want while you play a Nitrogen Sports Poker Room or whatever you don't want. That's their
0: new slogan. Run free.
1: <laughs> run free let it fly all
0: your jangly bits run free
1: <laughs> at nitrogen sports <laughs> poker room with the poker guys now you guys know how we play at nitrogen sports poker room that's right and when we're doing that happens to be uh i guess that will have just passed we just did uh oh yeah our that's right. second monthly tournament that we've done with them where there's a big overlay it's a 0.1 millibit buy-in and a 100 millibit guarantee which you know the guarantee is a thousand times the buy-in, and we don't get a thousand players. So yeah, so
0: it's incredible. It's very good. It's a, there's another one coming up at the end of this month, actually the end of every month for the rest of the year. Yeah, so that's pretty sweet. So as Grant said, a point one millibit buy-in. It's like currently like a dollar ten. Yeah, hopefully by the time you are hearing this, it's more like two bucks because that means Bitcoin will have gone up and all the holders will be happy, or the hodlers uh, as they like to yeah, say.
1: Yeah, stop with that. I'm just saying. But if anyway, anybody out there is out there calling themselves a hodler. Lots
0: of people are doing it.
1: Stop that. doing it. I'm telling you.
0: Dude, you're just going to have to get over it. I don't, it's not respect, gonna stop. I don't respect it. They don't respect you. Good. I don't want it. You do. Just admit it. Anyway, the nudity
1: laws at Nitrogen <laughs> Sports are such surprisingly
0: that, lax. I'll say that.
1: Are such that if you use the link in the description, you get access to play in those tournaments and yes. whatever else Nitrogen cooks up that are Poor Guys exclusive things.
0: Yeah, there, there often is other stuff. We're actually going to um, start doing some giveaways with them real, real soon. Like by the time you hear this, we may already have been tweeting about some of, the, some of the sports bet type giveaways right. and things like that we're going to start doing with them. So this is extra stuff you just can win without having to do much not costing you a penny all that kind of stuff it's pretty sweet you got to use the link in the description though yeah get in there get you some poker also run free with all your jangly bits yeah at nitrogen sports <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna like that one i'm wondering if they hear this what's gonna happen if there's gonna be a strongly worded email or what
1: nitrogen is gonna love that
0: one i mean i think it's pretty great it's the kind of thing that could go viral yeah <laughs> you know an ad on a podcast going viral what that's totally that normal. happens all the time yeah
1: did you hear that great ad on Bill Simmons podcast where he compared blue apron to the Nazis? Yeah. The Nazis. <laughs> Cause he was advertising for hello fresh. Of course. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. We have 7 million in the pot, a four, five, seven rainbow board where G has bet. And Russell Thomas has called G has two eights and Thomas has two Queens. Yeah. Turn is the Jack of clubs, bringing a second club, Nobody should really have two clubs in their hand unless G has, like, ace-queen of clubs. G can have it.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's unlikely, though. Yeah, but he can totally have ace-king of clubs here.
1: So G's going to do something that I uh, immediately kind of react to as being like, why? Yeah. He bets again. Yeah. 3.25 into 7.
0: Here's why. I'm not saying it's. I don't like it. The reason is he's now trying to fold out a slightly better hand, right? Yeah. You can't be trying to get value. So you got to be trying to fold out nines and tens because I don't know what else you're doing.
1: Yeah, you're trying to fold out nines and tens. I that's guess that's
0: that. It's not it's not big enough to target. It's twelve combos. You can't target just that. That's and crazy.
1: At this point, the worst hands that maybe were there on the flop are probably going to fold.
0: Right. Well, the one pair of hands that are worse than yours are all folding almost for sure on the turn. Yeah. Right? Except maybe two sixes. Yeah. Maybe actually all those hands that have straight draws also are going to maybe call. They're going to have to strongly consider calling. Yeah. But anything that isn't a straight draw along with a pair is definitely folding. That's worse than your hand, right? That's a problem. Yeah, because you know what? The straight draw. The guys who have got a pair and a straight draw, if they don't fold, they're in position, and we're going to check the river pretty much always with our two eights. Yeah, unless we hit an eight. Actually, hitting an eight, we're going to check the river too. Now I think about. Yeah, unless we hit a six on the river, right? We're checking, mm-hmm. and so then they can just bluff us anyway if they decide they want to. I don't like this bet at all. No, I don't. I'm really with you, think, bro, it's a bit of a game theory disaster. It is a bit of a game theory disaster. We will have folded out all the overcards anyway. The protection already happened. Yep. This is one of those... I'm just going to bet because I hope you fold bets. I've made these in my life. Don't get me wrong. And sometimes they work. But... I think if we're going to bet
1: here, I prefer a smaller bet. He he goes about half pot. If we're going to bet, I can see the logic of like... Okay, I don't want to have to check call
0: a big right. bet. It's like a blocker. I don't want to
1: fold because I have a, a gut shot with my pair of eights. Right, that's fair. So, like, if I, I, I could see betting like one point five million or something like well, that. Well, he
0: bet one point six on the flop, right? Yeah. I mean, he should probably bet a little bit more than. He okay, bet on fine. The flop. Bet two million. Yeah, two two point one. Yeah, that's fine. I still fine. prefer. I
1: still prefer a check. I think.
0: I think I do too, but at least, but but blocking at least makes some level of sense, right? Where you are like, my hand's probably a little too good to fold, but we can check call. We're allowed to check call. We don't have to, you know, sometimes it's going to go check, check. Yeah. Anyway, I think a lot of the time
1: it's going to go check, check.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, the reason why um, Russell might decide to bet is is for protection himself, you know, where if he may say like, okay, well, you obviously have overcards a lot now, right? Yeah. Like you've got ace, queen, and I'm not just going to give you a free card. I'm going to bet and like you're going to fold and that's fine because I want I don't want to lose this pot. I want to win this pot kind of a thing. I do like winning pots better than losing it's pots. It's usually better to win than to lose, but, you know, whatever. Tell it,
1: tell it to Greg Person. He already lost.
0: Yeah. He chose to lose. He told it to fucking... Whoa! Oh! Whoops! <laughs> that happened. Nobody heard that. Oscar the Grouch was what I was going to say because they're roommates. <laughs> As he was falling asleep, he, like, he said it.
1: What do you think? Do you think they eat dinner together or they like have a
0: separate kitchen situation? I mean, obviously they share one kitchen, right?
1: All right. What I mean is, like, is there like a a piece of duct tape down the middle of the <laughs> fridge, like no, stay off my side? This the isn't fridge. like the
0: odd couple, but I don't think they always have dinner together either. That would be then they're like in a relationship. They're just roomies.
1: What makes you think they're not in a relationship? Wow,
0: that's dude.
1: Wow, wow, what?
0: Wow. I mean, I mean, you're just now you're just assuming everyone has a particular gender identity and sexuality. And no, I'm not. <laughs> How is that related at all? <laughs> I just thought I'd go this there is for about a the relationship
1: we, dynamic between Greg Person we, we, and Oscar we, the Grouch, we, obviously, which we've been talking about for this entire poker podcast. We, um,
0: we uh, live in Portland, so there's a lot of talk about g- gender identity and sure. sexuality.
1: Sure. F- sure. I, but that's not related listeners. to this
0: conversation in any way. I'm gonna say it is. I'm gonna assert that it is. Oscar related. the Grouch,
1: by the way, asexual,
0: obviously. Oh my gosh, wow. That is offensive. Why? To Grouches everywhere? Why is he Why? obviously because that was offensive to asexual people. <laughs> 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 you're
1: losing the PC battle on you this one, unbelievable. buddy.
0: unbelievable. Oh, I'm Just because he lives in a garbage can, he can't, he can't... What is it? You're saying he's asexual? He can't want to have sex with anyone now? You're
1: saying being asexual is bad.
0: That's what you're you're implying it. <laughs> no, I'm not! <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck digging yourself out of this one, buddy. Oh, I'm not trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying the, this space very much. It's quite fun.
1: Okay, so... We're here to talk Do about. you think
0: we lost any of our audience on that little conversation? I don't think so. I think I think they're with us at this point enough to know that we're just having fun, but I'm not 100% on that. We may well, have lost a few people.
1: Since the ones who are gone are gone anyway, I say screw them. I hate them. All right. If you're gone, I hate you.
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: It's an interesting conundrum, you know, catch 22 because they can't hear it either way.
0: Yeah. It's Amazing. really interesting.
1: Uh, okay. Let's talk about poker. Yeah. All right.
0: Not a catch 22, by the way, but continue.
1: So Thomas is kind of boxed into the same decision he had in the flop, right? Yeah. Like There's nothing you can do but call
0: there are still lots of hands, not lots, but there's still hands we can beat for sure, right? We can beat Ace-Jack. We can beat any Jack. Mm-hmm. And G absolutely can have all the Jacks. Well, yeah. all the Jacks is really just Ace-Jack, King-Jack suited. And then if he got super crazy, Jack-10 suited, right? Yeah. That's it. He could really have Jack-10 suited, though. Um, so, but we can beat all those, and those would continue. There are two clubs now, right? Yeah. So he can be betting Ace-King clubs. We, we don't have the Queen of Clubs in our hand, do we? Uh, let's see. We do. Okay, so that knocks out some of the flush draws, but he can still have ace. Well, ace jack of clubs anyway. No, he can't have the ace jack, ace ten of clubs, ace king of clubs. That's about it. Actually. I mean, our hand is still just too good to fold, though. Of course, we've also underwrapped the heck out of it. Yeah, we're just forced to put in this money, and right. we'll figure it out on the river, I guess.
1: Because there's always stuff that doesn't make sense that happens in poker, and I guess Steve G is one of the people who does those things sometimes, like betting two eights here. So we yep. have to call because of those possibilities.
0: Absolutely. We're also just crazy exploitable, period, if we fold here, right? Right. There's just too many many things he doesn't have to have. By the way, it's the World Series of Poker main event final table. Steve G is probably not going to bet the river with one pair. You wouldn't think so. Like, if he's got two aces, he's probably checking almost no matter what card comes on the river. So, we can know that as Russell Thomas, that often it's going to go check, check on the river or check to us if we get to do whatever we want yeah. on the river. Almost always, I think. There's just very little the. Or if G bets, he's going to be repping extreme strength. Right. Yeah. He's going he's to be polarized. Yeah. Um, so, so, there's that. We have that going for us also as Thomas, that often we don't have to put any more chips in after this. I think we should know. We should be aware that that's very likely. Makes it easier to call.
1: Yeah, he does call. This is a time that you have in the past seen some people make absurd folds like this at the World Series main
0: event. People play so tight. Usually incorrectly, once in a while correctly. Yeah. Usually wrong, though. Yeah, I mean, what was it?
1: Two or three years ago where Pierre Neuville opened two tens under the gun. Mm. He got three bet by... uh,
0: The guy with the fedora. Blumenfeld? Yeah, Blumenfeld.
1: Blumenfeld. Blumenfeld happened to have aces, but it didn't matter because Pierre even knew that... Blumenfeld had aces. He was getting an incredibly good price to set mine. They were both very in,
0: deep. In position as well. I mean, it was unbelievable. Was he in position? I thought Blumenfeld was uh, on in the small blind. I thought he might have been on the button. No, because I think he then three-bet again the very next hand oh. on the button. But okay. anyway.
1: It doesn't matter either way because he was getting at least twice the price needed to set mine. Yeah. I remember that. And he just folded anyway. Just because yeah, people play super tight. So crazy. Yeah.
0: They just don't want to like He's, like, afraid to flop an overpair, basically, and not know what you to You can do. check
1: fold an overpair if you really you're feel comfortable. You're totally
0: confident. allowed to do that if, yeah. you're, if you have the right price to set mine. Yeah. But somehow, Pierre Nouville, EPT regular, doesn't know this or didn't know that. It was crazy. Or just was too afraid. He's the rich guy, yeah. by the way. He was the rich guy. What? That was so baffling.
1: Right. So that's just an example of people playing super tight yeah. at the final table. Um, Russell Thomas isn't going to fall victim to that. He's going to call.
0: No, he's a playa. Yeah. He's,
1: he's a player.
0: Yeah. That was good. I was like Eminem, who's yeah. also asexual. Actually, did you know that? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, cool. He identifies as an eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> an eggplant? Yeah. I think once again, this is very offensive. <laughs> How is that offensive? Oh, let's ask an
1: asexual person.
0: No, I didn't mean it from an asexual. Oh, really? Of doesn't? Of doesn't, doesn't me, sexuality and gender identity are two completely different things. Am I wrong? You, you told me that.
1: Oh, identifies as an eggplant.
0: Oh, Oh, wow. Who's offensive now? But but, okay, the way you were saying it sounded like
1: you were saying that by being asexual, he identifies as an eggplant.
0: Well, that's probably the way you heard it because of your racist tendencies. I don't know, man. It's really, <laughs> See, the thing it's is, really
1: disappointing. The thing, thing is, the thing that the a listeners. lot of people in privileged positions such as yourself <laughs> don't recognize is that it's not what you intended. It's about how people receive it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I yeah. know you don't mean
1: that. and that is
0: <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> Dude, it's about how I receive it, not what you intended. How can you say, yes, I do? And then continue to make your You're point.
1: You're like one of those people with <laughs> the confederate flag on their card and it says history not hate and it's like that's not what it's like to a lot of people who read yeah. that that's you you're that guy
0: dude. do well i'm receiving that as very very racist type language <laughs> so how do you work on that what are you gonna do with that we're gonna have to workshop this th- stuff <laughs> you're gonna have to have like a retreat once it. again some people turned off the show <laughs> but it was funny to me bid
1: them good riddance yeah okay so thomas calls we've got the Jack seven, four, five, two club board. The turn was the Jack.
0: Your shot <laughs> still laughing. laughing. The phrase Eminem identifies as an eggplant is so weird. <laughs> yes, it Such is. Such a weird thing to say. Just funny. Please continue.
1: I think somebody should probably make a picture of Eminem as an eggplant.
0: Yeah, that would be incredible. We would certainly retweet that to our yes. thousands of followers. Do it. You could become famous. Yeah.
1: All right. So... We got 13 and a half million in the pot. This thing got a bit out
0: of hand already. Yeah. How much does uh, G have left? Because he's the effective stack. He
1: started with 17 million. He's put in...
0: He's got like 11? Yeah. He's got 11 left. Okay. Um, So if you're Steve G, I think you have to be thinking, well, unless I hit a six, I'm not betting again. And I'm probably folding if he bets. I'm going to have to fold. If I hit an eight, I can check call or consider betting, but probably have to check call. And maybe even check fold if I get a specific feeling about it. Yeah, yeah. But a six, I can definitely bet. I don't know if I can get called, but I can at least consider bet. Or I could check to induce whatever. But that's it. Like, there's very few cards I'm going to be happy about as Steve G. Yeah. And everything else, I just, I got to give up.
1: Yep. All right. So the river is an interesting one. It is the three of spades. That's four to a straight, my friend. Four to a straight. Any six makes a straight now. No flushes came in. Yeah. So here's the most baffling part of this. Yeah. Steve G goes all in.
0: Uh-oh.
1: 11.35 million into 13.5 million. Here's
0: something that's interesting. So Grant says this is the most baffling part. Russell Thomas at the table immediately like, pushed his chair back and started shaking his head because he could not believe that Steve G would move in on this card based on the way the hand was playing out. Right. Like, he couldn't believe it. How can Steve G have a six in his hand? How can Steve G, if he has a six in his hand, move in? Like... Right. Why don't you, are you bet to, a different size? You bet small to get called by the, the hands that can maybe call you. Right. How you can you move mo- in? You're going to, like, what are you doing? crazy. You would crazy. never
1: move in with a six. Okay.
0: Maybe so. you would, but you would often not move in with a six at yeah. least, right?
1: Let's, let's uh, talk about the different elements of this that we really just don't like. Yeah, okay. All right. Number one, I think it's clear that Steve G probably doesn't have any sixes in his range unless it's pocket sixes, and I'm not sure if he has that.
0: Agreed. So, that's bad. Very bad. Guess who does have sixes in his range? Russell compared? Thomas. If one of them has it, it's Russell Thomas. Yeah. You could make the case, and this is something we talked a little about as we were watching the hand, or re- reading over the description of the hand, I should say, was you're saying maybe Thomas folds sixes on the turn sometimes. Yeah. That's at least possible. I'm not sure if he does or not. In position, maybe he decides to call. Um, but he has way more sixes than Steve G does. That's for freaking sure. And he has more sets. He has... Absolutely, on that flop he's got all the sets Steve g has maybe none of them or maybe just sevens. yeah it's hard to imagine steve g ever has fives and fours right right although Um, maybe he would i don't know it's uh, at least as best as we can determine right Right. certainly thomas has more of those yes thomas has all all of those all right except maybe he raises somewhere along the way so maybe not
1: problem number one is steve g doesn't have the most obvious value hand in his range very often right uh Problem number two is uh, what you already brought up. Would he really move in? Like, what's he
0: expecting to get called by when he moves in? If he had it, you mean? Yeah. It's questionable. Now, he does have less than a pot, but if he moves in, he's got to pray that Russell Thomas decides to hero the heck out of him, which doesn't seem likely. It's the World Series main event final table, and there's still nine left. Is he really going to hero right here for his life? Yeah. Now, I I guess you could make the opposite case, which is maybe what Steve G would make. He's saying, right. So is he really going to hero for his life? Right, right. So that's fair. But since Russell has the sixes in his range, he may not have to hero. He right. might just insta-call with a six or like take a minute to make sure, think about it, even though he's got a straight, and then call. But he's always calling with the six, right? The range advantage is a big problem. He's also calling with all his sets. He's going to yeah. hate it, but he's definitely going to find a call.
1: All right. So here's the next thing Okay. that I think is a pretty big problem. We established that G doesn't have many sixes in his range, which is the most obvious move-in. Does he really have any other
0: value in his range that he would move in with that makes sense? I mean, the question becomes, would he do this with a set? That's the only question that's interesting because we know he's not doing this with aces and we know he's not doing this with kings. Right. The, que- the, the only hand that really makes sense that Steve G can have, and I don't know that it actually makes sense come the river, is two jacks. Yeah. He could, bet th- he could raise pre, he bets the flop, he bets the turn when he makes top set. The river, he decides to move in because he thinks... I just have the best hand too often. I'm calling it off anyway. It's fine. It's just hard to get. Why would he bet? Why would he really move in? He's trying to get called by a worse hand than, than a set of Jack's Thomas doesn't have that many sets in his range. Cause he never raised at any point. He has more straights than sets. If we're trying to get called by like two pair or one pair, even we don't, we have to bet less. Like what are we doing? The thing is, and this isn't
1: true necessarily today with really good players like Fader Holtz and players like that. Yeah. But at this time with Steve G I think when he moves in on the river, it's probably 100% as a bluff. Right. I think his value is not going to be sized this way.
0: Right. Like we're saying.
1: In a spot like this. Right.
0: Like, if he's got it, he's going to bet less for all the reasons we've been talking about. And, And all the other value that's beating Thomas isn't going to bet at all. Right. And that's it.
1: Another problem I have with it is just Why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. We don't have to do this. Right. Like, this is a bad runout. How about if we just check on the bad runout and come what may? Hopefully, Thomas checks back. I bet he would. You know?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he would. We, don't, we don't. Steve G can have aces and kings. Of course, he's going to check. Although, we can maybe try and fold out those exact hands. But Steve G can also maybe have even top set. Yeah. Why mess around? We have queens. We can check and win a lot. We, we're not going to bet as Russell
1: Thomas. Yeah, I just don't think this is a spot that we need to be bluffing. We have plenty of chips left as Steve G. I mean,
0: it would be pretty incredible if Thomas turned his queens into a bluff on the river, actually. But that's a whole other conversation that we wouldn't necessarily expect him to do. Right. Whatever. So if we're Steve G and we, and we decide to bet here, we're only trying to fold out nines and tens exactly. I think that's what we're trying to do. That seems like too narrow a range if you think about all the hands that all the hands with sixes in them that really could be around.
1: And Thomas has zero Jacks in his range because he called on the flop and there was no flush draw.
0: Unless he has two Jacks in his range, and guess what? Then he's going to probably have to find a call.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he probably is.
0: Yeah, like we don't block any. We don't. We we do block the nuts. As Steve G, I'll give him that. But it's not a it's not a likely nuts.
1: Okay. So to Steve G's credit, this is not going to be an easy call for Thomas. No. Like. He's probably going to fold a lot of the
0: time here. I mean, it's going to be a hard call almost no matter... Unless he unless he has a six in his hand, it's going to be a tough spot, right? So that's to Steve G's credit. If he has, if he has a set of fives, he's going to find a call. But it's not... He's going to take a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be in the end, he's like, I, I mean, I guess I just have to call this. This guy's trying to double me up. Am I really going to, like, walk away from that? You know? But Steve, Stevie boy... You got called on the flop and the turn here. Like, what does Thomas have here? Every time Thomas has one pair with a straight draw, he's just going to check it back, bro. He's not going to try and bluff you. So every time you're ahead is what I'm saying. Yeah. He's got two sixes. He's got six seven. He's got six five. No, no, that's a straight. Oh, right. A six makes a straight That's now. a real problem. Right. The, the hands we were beating before
1: that we're, got to the river. We're not beating them. We are now not beating them. We're just and, losing everything. And, there, and those hands are the easy calls, by the way. Yeah. So we're, we're targeting just 9s and 10s.
0: Yeah. That's all we got. That is just not nearly enough. And maybe 8-7 maybe suited. No, we can beat that. Never mind. We're not targeting that. Just 9s and 10s. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. We can check. If he moves in, we can fold. If he checks it back, we usually lose. That's yeah. it. That's it. This hand didn't work out. Yeah, this you hand know, was bad for us. This is, by the way, why a lot of people don't open eights under the gun. Right. Because it's not that good a hand. Yeah. There's so many better hands. It's hard to play post-flop, etc. you know? Yeah, Steve
1: G just put himself in this spot. He didn't have to. So now, now you're Russell Thomas. Yeah. This is obviously not a great spot. No. There's a couple factors that we're aware of, though. First of all, we know Steve G doesn't have many sixes in his range.
0: We do. If any. He may have zero. It'd be really weird for him to show up with, like... What did he bet on the turn that has a six in his hand? Yeah. Why would he bet again? I don't know. Now, he bet 2-8, so maybe he would bet, like, 7-6 on the turn. Maybe he would. But it's Would he open 7-6 under the gun? 7-6 suited. I mean, that's what we're talking about now. Yeah. We're down to, like, 7-6 six suited, 6-5 six, suited, or maybe even two sixes that he decides to bet again. But he had
1: to open that to open, under no, I, know, I
0: know. And he's got to open them. That parlay is tough.
1: Okay. We have another thing going for us, which is we really, really don't believe Steve G is going to
0: do this with aces or kings. Absolutely not. So we're not worried about that. Right. He really might check two pair. Not that he really has any two pair. He really might check a set. If he has two jacks, he's got to at least consider checking. Right? He might move in with a set of jacks. He might. But it's a terrible spot for two jacks when the three comes because that's so much better for Thomas. It is. But but you might say, eh, I got less than a pot anyway. If he's got me, he's moving in and I'm just going to end up calling. So I'm going to try and capture value from the hands I'm beating instead of just giving value to the hands that are beating me. That's not yeah. impossible.
1: I would be more worried about a set of jacks than anything else for Thomas.
0: Yeah. No, me too. That's the only thing to be afraid of. But There's obviously, three that's only three
1: combos, so it's not a huge
0: deal. Now, here's the other question. What hands does he have that are bluffing? What's What are the bluffs? Well, to listen to Steve G's interview after this hand, yeah.
1: he talked a lot about how he was showing a lot of strength because he opened under the gun. And multiple yeah. times in the interview, at different times explaining the hand, he was like, yeah, I was just showing so much strength.
0: Yeah. So... I mean, he did raise and then went bet, bet, bet. That is pretty strong.
1: It is, but it, he didn't have, like, a, a reason behind it. He's just like, it's strong. It's just strong because I'm doing it. It's strong, but he's not thinking about having no sixes in his range, stuff oh, like that. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. Right. So as Russell Thomas, we may know this about Steve G. Like, we've had months to study. Absolutely. Uh, Steve G. also mentioned in his interview what he thought his downfall was because Russell Thomas does eventually call, by the way, with his two queens, mm. um, is that he had done a three-barrel bluff against Thomas already, in yeah, this like, thirty-hand session. He's yeah. already done it, and there's a live stream which Thomas can see thirty minutes later. Have his real tell him about it. Like that's not a good idea to, to pull off the 3 barrel bluff after that.
0: Yes. Now the hand with Steve G that we did a while ago, and that guy who bluffs him, Jamie, what's his face? Collins. No, no that's, that's a that's a Cleveland Brown linebacker. Yeah. Um, but where Steve G folds top two on the river, um, incorrectly as it turns yeah. out. Yeah. Was that the following year? I think it was the following okay, year. Okay, because it was this year, then Russell also may know that Steve G's really not going to move all in in a marginal spot, like, for right. sure. Now, you probably know that anyway because of the moment and because of what you know about him, though. Yeah. Right? Like, Steve found a fold in a spot that was sort of an absurd fold. I mean, it wasn't an easy spot, but it was, it was sort of a crazy fold, too. Like, most people aren't going to fold there. I don't, I don't remember what the conclusion I drew on that was. I don't remember either. It's been too long. It was like yeah. Ace-King, Jack-Jack, X, and he had Ace-King. Yeah, that's right. And... Anyway, who cares? Let's not get into that. Ace, it was ace, ace Jack 7, King Jack was actually the board. I remember that now. But who cares? It probably happened in 2013 anyway, so it doesn't matter. But as Russell Thomas, we probably know that Steve G is not the guy who's going to move in at a marginal spot. Yeah. So then we might think even two, even a set of jacks he might not move in with. And he, he, doesn't, and he doesn't have any sixes. Right. And he, just, and he did triple barrel bluff me. And it's like he triple barrel bluffed me. And um, we, we went to showdown. You know, like the whole cards were not exposed even though they are on the stream. Yeah. So it feels different from his point of view about what's known and what isn't, potentially, right. you know? Yeah. So,
1: so he's just bluffing the majority of the time here.
0: Feels like he's supposed to be bluffing the majority of the time. Now, a really good player probably isn't going to be bluffing very often in this spot. Yeah. Because of that. Like, when, you can tell a really, when you're telling a really bad story, you either need to be up against someone who can't see that or doesn't have the heart to call, or you have to have it when you're telling the bad story right yep. those are the those are your options and unluckily for steve g he was up against someone who can see that it's a bad story and has and has real heart right he's willing to like make a tough call in a tough spot
1: it is a very tough call to steve g's credit but russell thomas does make it yeah i think steve g's major mistake was i think he was kind of oblivious to what the board runout was he was just like i'm gonna show strength throughout this hand right. i'm bluffing in this hand. right that's what's happening you know like he can't call
0: on the turn, he just says, oh, he's got like nines or tens, and he's calling. By the way, he might have folded nines or tens on the turn. Yeah. Anyway, we're acting like that's such an obvious call. Right, he might have. He might just throw it away. It's like, he's losing to aces, he's losing to kings, he's losing the queens, he's losing to all jacks now. Steve, you just bet twice from under the gun. We're probably folding nines. Yeah, I think so. We might be folding tens. So now maybe there's nothing in his range that we're, even, that we're actually targeting, whether we know that or not. Right. That's a problem.
1: I think Steve G got caught up in the idea that he had
0: to bluff in this hand, and I don't think he had to. There is a powerful um, thought process. I heard uh, Ed Miller talking about this recently. You know who Ed Miller is? Yeah. Yeah. He's a Really smart, good guy. Kn- knows a lot about uh, Hold'em and poker. What does he identify as? Um, I don't want to get into that. Okay. Because of all the trouble.
1: Yeah, you get in trouble already. You. No, I'm oh, trying to yeah, protect me. you.
0: Me. After the, the Oscar the Grouch stuff? Wow. Anyway. Yeah, somehow. whole I'm thing's the... going viral. <laughs> you know it's you. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I recently heard him talking about the idea of playing for stacks and how most of the time people don't want to play for stacks. And so if you just act like you're going to play for stacks a lot and often do most people fold most of the time. And I feel like Steve G was sort of in this mindset of like, Oh, well, I'm just going to like make it so we're playing for stacks. What's he supposed to do about that? And not thinking about like you're saying, like the run out and the story and the situation and everything where like, "Eh, this is, this is one of those times you have to give up. Yeah. Like there were certain river cards where I think he could totally have gotten away with this. A lot of river cards would have worked an ace. Maybe an ace would have worked A King would have worked. Probably a deuce would have worked. Honestly, yeah. like maybe Russell thinks like, uh, I don't think he'd move in with aces, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe he's got Kings and moving and maybe he's got two Jacks. He could, there's all these hands he can move in with now that are beating us. Right. That, um, the Ford to the straight really,
1: really kills the
0: story. He's never moving in with aces and he's never moving in with Kings. He's never moving in with so many things, you know? So yeah. It's a big deal. It is. Yeah.
1: And that uh, cost him a, a lot there. He started this hand with over 40 blinds.
0: Yeah. He was not the short stack. No. I don't remember who was, but I know he was not. Yeah. And. Uh,
1: How happy was the short stack?
0: Oh, it feels so good when things like that happen. Yeah. It's amazing. He has $754,000, which is a lot of money, but he won that, he won that three months ago. Yeah. So he just got to leave.
1: He already spent it all. He
0: gave an interview talking about. He, was, he didn't think Russell could ever have queens because Steve had showed so much strength and Russell had showed weakness. And I guess he showed weakness because he didn't three-bet pre. Yeah, I guess. Which is another value of under your hand, like we always like talking about, you know? Yeah. You get yourself in these weird spots like Thomas was in by under his hand, but there can be incredible benefits, and this is one of them. Where did Thomas eventually finish in this? I don't remember. I'm gonna, I know he didn't finish in the top three. I'm going to say like fifth. All right. Something like that. He was the chip leader for a little while. I think maybe after this hand he may have become the chip he leader. He had a hundred blinds after this hand. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's close at least. Sylvia yeah. came in as the monster chip leader. I know right. that. But
1: right. Cause Sylvia had that like complete spew moment against that
0: guy who was playing really well when Sylvia had ace three against like I mean that was that was a while ago, but yeah.
1: That was like day five at least. Yeah, yeah. Day yeah, sure, six, maybe sure. even.
0: Yeah, where he got in with ace three against like Kings They were they were something. two of the
1: chip leaders. They might
0: have been they're Both like top, top five, five or something. And yeah. like I, I think they were. Yeah. And he just spiked an ace and that was it. Just like six bet shove days three in a spot where he yeah. never had to. Yeah. He's like, I have a blocker and I'm crazy. And you know what? Crazy guys like that sometimes win tournaments. It worked out great. You spike it. You move on. He finished second. I mean, that was pretty good. Yep. And he's, by the way, a good poker mind for sure. sure. How devastating for that other guy though. Really brutal. He just got out. He seemed pretty classy about it in the moment, but yeah. probably burning a little inside. Probably I for the rest of his life. I would have been pretty sad about it. I'm not going to lie. It would have taken been the me overwhelming chip leader of the main event on day five or six. It would have taken me at least an hour and a half to get over that.
1: At least an hour and <laughs> a half. huh?
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I said at least. Yeah. There's no cap on that. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, I think we're done. You use yeah. my sunlight and all I need is one mic you are not gonna show every single MC how it's done right every time I come by I'm bound to leave them talks I'm sipping on liquor recruiter is what I'm not we got one life and I took a minute to break but I'm back to claim the crown and going to be traveling the globe we still up